Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we want to share with you why Christians don't tell people about Jesus. Now there are at least five reasons why many Christians don't share their faith with others. Number one, some become complacent. It's not a priority. Number two, they fear man rather than fearing God. Number three, they don't understand the severity of hell. Number four, they don't feel they have enough knowledge. And number five, they don't want to offend anyone. So, Bill, let's look at the first reason. It's not a priority. You know, as Christians, we enjoy being with our friends and enjoying the fellowship. And it's easy to remain in our comfort zone and then, you know, not wanting to venture out and talk to those who are unbelievers. That's right. And this complacency will become habitual. You know, a May 2018 Barna poll states that 64% of Christians believe evangelism evangelizing is optional. But according to Mark 16, 15, it is not optional, but a command from Jesus. Exactly. You know, then the second reason, uh, some are simply afraid of people in general. Now, the ability to share with others should not be viewed as in our own strength, but in God's strength. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Now, God gives us the ability at the time we need it to be strong and unafraid. Also, everything we do for the Lord is supposed to be done in faith. We must trust that God will give us what we need at the time. You know, in addition, the Bible instructs us numerous times not to fear man, but to fear God. Just to give you a few of those verses, Luke 12, 4 and 5, Jesus said, And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Hebrews thirteen six says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In other words, you don't have to be afraid of anyone when the Lord is, is the strength of your life and he's your salvation. And Psalms 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Now, if we truly fear God, we will obey him. Jesus said in John 14.15, If you love me, Keep my commandments. Yeah, that's a great verse. You know, Bill, too, you know, making it not a priority, going back to that one. I mean, I can see at times where I have been guilty because I get so focused when I'm running errands and I'm under usually under a time constraint. And so I'm just go here, get this, do this, get this done. And sometimes you're not being sensitive to maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to tug on your heart. Hey, notice that person over there. Right. Go up to them or talk to them or pray for them. That's right. True. We can just get 
Uh, it's not that you're purposely not making it a priority. You're just so focused and you're under these time constraints that you're missing possibly opportunities, right? That's true. That's true. Well, you have to be aware of that and really uh, conscious that and to pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and be available. Right. I guess that goes back to that, right. which is, is part of obedience, being available. Right. And the third reason. And the third reason, you know, Bill, many are unaware of the severity of hell. That's you know, true. You know that probably more than anybody. You know, if they understood that its horrors are beyond belief and that it is eternal, they would have more of an urgency to share the word of God to warn people. That's so true. Many churches neglect to teach about hell, so people are ignorant of its horror. You know, and Jesus warned about hell, as we know, in 46 verses. And these next four verses alone should scare any rational person and motivate us as Christians to witness. That's right. This is just four verses. Go ahead. Uh, Matthew 24, 51. And he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Boy, cut that servant in pieces. That doesn't sound too pleasant. No, that is torment. You know, Matthew 18, 6 says, But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow. So what's coming after your death is something much worse, is what he's saying. Yes, absolutely. And Matthew twenty two thirteen 13 says, uh, Jesus said, bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Boy, bind him hand and foot and take him away. That's pretty strong. Mark 9, 47 through 49 says, And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Boy, plucking out your eye, that's pretty graphic. In other words, dig your eye out if it's causing you to sin. That would be better for you to enter in the kingdom of one eye than having two to go into hell. Boy, these scriptures should motivate all of us. You know, and understanding that at the great white throne judgment, uh, where those who don't know the Lord will be judged and cast into the lake of fire burning with brimstone, well, that should terrify us and motivate us to be more persuasive with men. You know, Bill, that makes reminds me of years ago when you were in real estate full-time, you had a contractor that did very good work and you would refer people to him, right? right? And, right. and he was of a different faith and belief and you witnessed to him multiple times over and over and sometimes you'd even refer him jobs from Christians who would then witness to him as well, right? Many. He, he had actually about 30 different homes that I referred to him that they were all born-again Christians. And every one of them witnessed to him. He was, of a diff- he was not a Christian. And uh, they shared with him. They paid him well. They treated him well. You know, so he was really influenced in seeing how they looked out for him. As, as Christians, they and were so good examples, you. and so did I. And after all that time, I would witness to him and share with him the gospel and about Jesus, how much he loved him. And he just said, I don't believe any of that. I will never believe it. I don't care what you say. I'll never believe it. And I even went so far, this was after years, and he knew me well. And I said, you know, what if your children were sick of the disease and they're, they're dying? And that they're, the doctors say, there's no hope for them. They're going to die. And Jesus touched them and healed them. 
would you believe that Jesus is the son of God and he's, he is the son of God? He said, no, I would never believe that. I don't care whatever would happen. And I said, well, who would you think healed your children? He said, well, that'd be the devil. And that's how deceived he was. I mean, the devil doesn't heal. No. And he doesn't have the ability to do that. But that's how uh, people can get so deceived by the devil. And by rejecting over and over the truth. And didn't you have almost like a, a picture of the great, great white yes. throne judgment? I did. I, I, one day, I, I believe it was God gave me like, a, like sort of a vision of him standing at the great white throne judgment. And I was standing there. And he was being sent off to hell, to the lake of fire. And the Lord showed him, I witnessed to you. I had my people witness to you hundreds of times. And you wouldn't listen. You know, and I had to weep seeing him being drug off by demons into hell. I mean, it's so sad, but it was his own doing, you know, over and over. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, and 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now, even though that scripture is talking about the judgment seat, the reward seat for Christians, most of the commentaries agree that Paul was also talking about judgment and hell in general. So when you understand judgment and hell in general, you will be more persuasive with men. And that's what Paul was. He was very persuasive. He preached the gospel to everyone strongly and let them know there was a hell. And listen to what Paul said in Acts 20, 26. He said, wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He told them about hell and punishment. That's right. You know, eternal punishment is one of the basic foundational principles mentioned in Hebrews 6, 2. That's right. And so many churches leave that part out. It's amazing. You know, Billy Graham in his book, Death and the Life After, page 17, said this about what Patrick Henry wrote in his will. He said, I have now disposed of all my property to my family. There is one thing more I wish I could give them, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. If they had that and I had not given them one shilling, they would be rich. And if I had not given them that and had given them all the world, they would be poor indeed. That's a great quote. Yeah, that was Patrick Henry said that. Yes. Okay, and moving on to the fourth reason, some feel they don't have enough knowledge to share the way of salvation. But this is a mistake for two reasons. First, it's not our great knowledge that is needed, but simply our own testimony of what Jesus Christ has done for us personally and our showing genuine care for people. That's right. You know, the Holy Spirit pricks a person's conscience when we tell them how much God loves them by dying on the cross for their sins. It's the preaching of the cross that is the power of God. That's right. Not our fanciful words. Right, right. You know, and also a heartfelt conviction of the Bible is better received than a whole lot of knowledge. That's right. You know, I know we shared this story before, but to me, I wanted to share it again. It's so powerful. You know, a lady came up to us at the, the church and she says, Bill, I read your book and I got saved. I was so excited. I was a Christian, born again Christian. So that next day I went to my neighbor and I witnessed to them. And I told them all about Jesus and how good he is and what he's done for me here. And uh, she said, I didn't know anything. I had no knowledge at all, but I shared that. And my neighbor got saved. She says, well, how do I get saved? How do I get to know that Jesus? She says, well, you need to repent of your sin. That means say you're sorry and turn away from sin and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Anyway, she said, my neighbor 
agreed, did that, and had tears in her eyes. She generally got saved. She said, but the very next day, my neighbor was in a car accident and was killed. So the point, two points was, uh, what if she wouldn't have gone, number one? And she was a brand new Christian. Brand new, one day old, had no knowledge, but her motivation. Her passion. And her passion. Yeah, that she really cared about her neighbor and she was showing it, you know, coming to her door and saying, I've got to talk to you. And it was in her heart to want to go and talk to, nobody had to make her go do this. Mm -hmm. She was excited to go talk to her neighbor. So that shows you, you don't have to have a lot of knowledge, just the change of heart will cause you to go do that. And if she didn't, her neighbor would have gone to hell. But anyway, go with the fifth reason. Oh, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll share that one. All right. You know, some feel that they uh, need to be tolerant of everyone by not sharing their faith. However, tolerance is not to be confused with consideration. A person can be considerate without compromising a stand against evil. To tolerate all beliefs is to cater to evil. Now, many are hateful, sinful, and targeting certain groups or religions. You know, it takes some guts to speak the truth and stand up to the wicked ways of some people. You know, a March 2018 Barna report titled uh, Reviving Evangelism asked, why are Christians so reluctant to talk about their faith? The overreaching culture trends, cultural trends of secularism, relativism, pluralism, and the digital age are contributing to a society that is less interested in religion and that has marginalized the place of spirituality in everyday life. Yes, and it went on to say 47% of millennials state that it is wrong to share one's personal beliefs in hopes that one day they may share the, one, the same faith. Boy, that's wrong. That's sad. Yeah. You know, and in 1993, this is interesting, nine out of 10 Christians agreed it was their responsibility to share their faith. But today, just 64% say so. So that's a 25-point drop. Boy, in terrible decline. In addition, you know, Bill, we should be willing to warn people traveling on the wrong path so they won't end up in hell. And as you say many times, to warn someone of danger is a message of love. That's right. A message of warning. You know, it would be better to offend them and possibly wake them up rather than holding back the truth and allowing them to remain comfortable in their sin. You know, some think it's uh, using fear tactics to mention hell in sharing the way of salvation with others. However, there are those who will only get saved when they understand where they will be going if they don't repent and turn to Jesus. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 10, 11, again, I quoted this, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. In other words, we will be more persuasive in sharing the truth with others once we understand that there is a wrath coming on the sinner and that they are headed for an eternal hell. Also, Jude 23 says, but others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So there are those that do get saved by uh, fear, telling them about hell. So go on with this next quote. Oh, okay. This is interesting too, Bill. And this is speaking about Jude um, 23. And it's uh, Rick Renner's book, Sparkling Gems, page page 41. Um, He says this about the word pull. Because uh, Jude one twenty three talks about pulling those out of the fire, right? Yes. Like from hell, snatching them. And he said the word pull comes from the Greek word harp harpazo 
And this is an extremely strong and aggressive word that presents the picture of snatching someone out of a dangerous situation. In fact, it would be better translated to seize. Right, that's what he said. That's what he said. And that's, you know, Bill, that's the same word, harpazo, that is used about the rapture. That's right. When we are caught up or snatched away. Right. And, you know, we can see the need to view evangelism with a desire and passion, as it were, in rescuing someone from a burning building. I mean, if you were a fireman, you would shout out with a warning and quickly grab someone from a burning building. Having urgency in our voice and a genuine concern for them will be more readily received. That's so true. You know, Charles Spurgeon said in the book Soul Winner, page 96, he said, use the kind of tone in pleading with the sinners that you would use if a gallows were erected and you were to be hanged on it unless you could persuade the person in authority to release you. And earnestness. So he's saying have that kind of urgency in your voice. You know, there will be some who will refuse to hear and those who get angry and those who will persecute you. But we must develop a thicker hide and not be offended. You know, again, Charles Spurgeon said, you must go into the fire if you are going to pull others out of it. You cannot work a fire escape without feeling the scorch of the blaze. That's also in the Soul Winner, page 178. I thought that was a good quote. That is a great quote. You, you got to get a tougher hide. You know? It's true. It's true. You know, our hearts should be convicting us to share the way of salvation. If we truly love people and grasp the seriousness of an eternal hell, our purpose on the earth is to love God and love our neighbor. That's right. And Jesus said in Mark sixteen fifteen, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right. That was not a suggestion, but a command. But, you know, and also, you know, we share the gospel in a loving way with people. We don't beat them over the head with the Bible. You know, we be sensitive to them and where they're at and just explain to them how much God loves them, how he gave his life to keep us out of hell, you know, and have that kind of heart towards the people, but showing them, you know, how, how God is a loving God. He's trying to keep people out of hell, but because he loves them, he gives them that free will to choose. Exactly. We can't force anyone, That's but right. we can share. You know, he also said in Luke 6:46, and why call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? And that's strong. So we need to be obedient if uh, we're going to call him our Lord. You know, may we be, uh, may, may we live willing and obedient to do what God has commanded. Let's share Christ with as many people as possible as the only thing we can take to heaven are people. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.